0: Welcome to another episode of Unleash Your Supernova Live. I am your host, Nova Lorraine, and I'm with my partner in crime, Ryan Esquire, and that's Ryan with an O, guys, R-Y-O-N. I am the author of the new book, Unleash Your Supernova. I'm also the founder of Raid Magazine, Pink Kangaroo, the Rain School of Fashion, and the soon-to-launch Nova Lorraine International Fashion Collection. I am so excited to be with you for another episode of Diving Deep into Creativity, How to Beat Burnout, How to Tap into Your Limitless Potential. We are here to show you how to unleash your supernova. This is powered by Pink Kangaroo, and that's kangaroo with a U, your home for wild thinkers. So if you're looking for stories To help build you on the personal level or business level, definitely check out Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network. Hey Ryan, how you doing?
1: I'm doing well. How about yourself?
0: I am good. I am good. And for those of you that are joining us for the first time, Ryan is a business advisor and coach. And you got to check out his site, ryanesquire.com. And when I met Ryan, he, I met him as what we described, Ryan, as a visionary coach, right? Someone who brings yeah, your hot. vision mm-hmm. to life. And that just really resonated with me because I was like, Hey, I have a vision. I do vision boards. You can help me bring what's on my vision board to life. Let's go. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, we, be, we became fast friends. Um, and Ryan's amazing. So I'm excited to have him as my partner in crime on Unleash Your Nova, Unleash Your Supernova Live.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that, um, no vision. And I don't, I don't use that in my, my message as much as I did back when we first met. And I may go back to it, but it's funny, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and the guest was actually Alex Rodriguez, you know, a hall of famer as far as like baseball plays the Yankees and Texas Rangers and several other teams. And, um, yeah, I, one thing I did know about him was how much of a, an incredible business man he is. I mean, you know. He's done a lot of incredible things. So right now, he's the CEO of a SPAC, SPACs for all the rage, but he's been doing those for a while. You know, they're taking seven companies public this year, so he's done very well. But that's not the point. One of the points that he made that um, I thought was really impactful, and it really summed up quickly, succinctly, and beautifully, what you're kind of looking for when it comes to, uh, in his example, companies to invest in. But really, what, what that equates to is companies that you see huge potential success in, right? And he had his, he mm-hmm. had his, um, VCP was his little, you know, uh, quick little three letters. And it was, um, vision, what was it, see, vision, um, oh, as it, vision, capital, and people, right? And that's what companies hmm. need to succeed. They need all three, right? And, they, and the important part about like, what you're saying is, so many entrepreneurs, especially small entrepreneurs and early entrepreneurs, do not understand the importance of vision, right? Having a clear, concise purpose. And what that does is it not only gives you a direction in which, like, you're working toward and making decisions, like, toward, but it also allows you to, in your messaging, really clearly, concisely, uh, convey what you do, right? What you do as a company, what, what, what your values are, what your mission is. And how you can benefit your customers, right? And and so, like I think it's a hugely um, important topic or idea that most entrepreneurs don't think about because they're not told, or they don't have time, or you know whatever. And of course, capital and people we can discuss later too, but they're also obvious. But you brought a vision, so.
0: Yeah, no, I I think um, starting with a vision, no matter where you are, if you have a business, if you're a student, if you are about to become a mother. I think it's so important to start with that. And I actually had two consulting calls today, and what I had asked them was, what is your, if you could, not even if, I say clear your mind, clear everything that you know right now, and you have a blank piece of paper and a pen, what would you write down Mm -hmm that you would ideally like to see yourself doing three years from now? Like what, forget the resources you have right now, forget, you know, what you're doing three years from now, what would you like to be doing? And it's such a surprising answer that I get because most people are planning out based on where they are right now, right? They are, okay, I'm a student in college and I'm da, 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 or I, you know, I live in Tennessee. So the only thing that's available to me is what's in Tennessee. And, But if you just cleared your mind, and let's say you do live in Tennessee, let's say you are in college, and let's say in three years you want to be, I don't know, teaching classes in southern France. Well, that has nothing to do with what you're doing now, you know, or may potentially have (laughs) nothing to do with what you're doing now, but if that's your wish list, your you know, what I call your want list, Mm -hmm. then you can start making plans towards that. And so now everything that you're doing is towards this vision and you're so excited and you're so motivated, right? And so I think it's so important to to start with that because it does help you, you know, come back to the present moment and assess what you have now, what are the resources you have right now, who do you know in your life that can help you actualize that Desired vision, not the circumstantial vision, but the desired yeah. vision. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. No, I think that's really important.
1: Because I mean, really, that's like one of my favorite, and I have it on a lot of my. Um, it's actually on my emails right now. Um. And I love the definition of vision because vision is the art of seeing what other people can't. Right. And and I, and I love that because it, it plays on two levels. I like it as person who can't see because. It plays on like, you know, two levels of thing with me not being able to see it. But then, you know, as a coach, what I help people accomplish as far as achieving their vision or maybe even envisioning a future they never even thought possible. Right. And, and so I really like, you know, that double layer meaning on as far as my marketing is concerned, but it's funny the just talking to people, not so much people I deal with, but you know, like people who aren't entrepreneurs, aren't creatives. How many people, you know, really truly cannot envision a future, right? Especially if it's a future that's different than where they currently are. That they they just can't do it. They're, they're, and and trust me, I, I love reality. I mean I understand, you know, being being realistic, you know, and being in the present moment. But you're you're also never gonna accomplish anything huge or different or exciting unless you can envision something that's different than your current, you know, situation, right? And um I really wish more people could do that would do that um would embrace it because they could go on and live much more interesting dynamic or you know better lives than what, what they currently are right um because I mean in many ways we're only limited by our imagination as far as what we truly can accomplish and um, okay. or at least what we attempt right and so um it, it, it it's one of those things that I wish more people not only heard about, but the realities it believed in.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I love, I do this usually at the end of the year, but I think we probably mm-hmm. should do this quarterly because I do have, um you know, in the book, I talk about your why and you know, you and I are on the same page and how important that is and knowing yeah. your why. Yeah. And I do recommend that people reassess their why every quarter because life changes mm-hmm. so quickly. Yep. And Typically I, you know, will get the kids um, together and I'll say, okay guys, get out the paper, get the magazines, we're putting together a vision board. And it's a fun family activity and we do it, you know, cause we're all together during the holidays and it, it's exciting. It's like, oh, let's play, you know, and, but it's so powerful of taking that image and either finding words or, or photos that can capture that. On paper, because now you're turning it from just a thought to a physical yeah. thing, and it's almost like committing to yeah. that,
1: right? No, it's so funny because no, that's really committing. It's so funny because I, I, this was not planned. I ended up writing. It was a, it was a blog post either yesterday or the day before, and because it, it, I, had, I, I had read a, a statement from an email off of Simon Sinek on his email list, and it was talking about. um Sharing an idea gives it life. And that's all said. And it was short and simple and so powerful. And I really love the word life in that statement. Because if an idea just stays an idea, that's all it ever is. It's in your head. You know, it's, it's, in it, it theory, it's in, it's in the, you know, it's in the ether, right? And, um, you know, when you share it with someone, in many ways, it is like giving birth to a child. You are bringing that idea into the world, right? You're giving it life. You are allowing it to now move around, interact, bounce off people, you know, share, uh, you know, commingle, uh, succeed, fail. Like, I just thought it was such a powerful word, and, and and so that's very much what you're doing with the vision board. Is you're taking an idea that's abstract, it's in the ether, and, and you're putting that. You're giving it life, right? You're you're put. You're giving it permanence. You're giving it to the world to to now interact with and, and, you know, present you with those opportunities to, to, whether it's a networking, whether it's education, whether it's a uh, capital, right? Whatever the situation may be. And again, I thought that was such a simple but profound statement about, you know, why you do share your ideas because not only is accountability on, on many levels, but it's an opportunity for the world to now, or the universe in this example, I guess is a better, better word uh the universe to now allow you to, you know, su- I- pursue that idea,
0: right? I know you're absolutely right. And, you know, I mentioned early on in the book that one a story that I share is when I decided to open up about my dreams of going to New York and becoming a fashion designer with a coworker. And she then went on to refer me to a designer in New York that I could speak to and actually ask questions about this mysterious field that I knew nothing about. I was in the middle of Connecticut, you know, surrounded by cow country. I did not have any exposure to the fashion industry. And then that continued to lead me to where I am today. But just from that one moment where I decided to share my dream of becoming a fashion designer with a coworker. And so that's that concept that you mentioned as it relates to sharing your ideas brings them to life. And it's so powerful. And I hope our listeners just write that down because they can remember and, you know, use your gut in terms of who you share your idea with. But the more you say it and the more you hear it, the more real it becomes. So, yeah, that was good. I know we didn't plan on talking about vision and ideas and all this, but this is, yeah. this is such an yeah. important topic. It was. So it was. I also love how you start out in
1: cow country and now live in Amish country. That's a really nice <laughs> circle of life. <laughs>
0: that, that, that you... <laughs> circle of life, yes. That you do, yeah, you know,
1: circle of life. <laughs>
0: oh gosh, yeah, full circle, definitely totally full circle there, country to country.
1: They're a uh-huh. by of the
0: cows where we live now. Uh, oh, I, I, bit. I am fully aware. <laughs> um, my dad owned a
1: dairy for 30 years and he used to buy a lot of cattle out of Pennsylvania. So, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely cow country as well.
0: Well, I am excited to talk about the obstacles of entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I call it the um climb up mount entrepreneurship in the book because it's real, right? The yeah. the challenge of successfully bringing an idea to execution is real. I mean, most entrepreneurs you know ninety five percent ninety eight percent um do not succeed in the first two years of their business. so why is mm-hmm. that you know why we we were just talking about ideas and vision boarding and how important it is to get those ideas out of your head and on paper because it brings it to life well, okay, let's say I did that. I had my vision board you know i i I wrote down I journaled what I wanted to do, I'm telling the neighbors, I'm telling the friends. And I finally decided to take that step in, in starting my business. And I'm 18 months in and failing miserably. Why is that? So let's, Mm -hmm. let's talk about that. Let's talk about what are some of those obstacles that entrepreneurs encounter and why, why is there such a climb, you know, to successful entrepreneurship? So I'm going to, turn to one of the chapters in the book and again it's called The Climb Up Mount Everest and I'm just going to go through the main topics and we can kind of dive deeper into each of them. So number one, no financial track record. Number Mm -hmm, two, stereotype. Number three, loneliness. Number four, criticism. Number five, stress. Number six, finding the right team. And number seven, getting customers. So those are are a few of the topics that I mentioned in that particular chapter as relates to obstacles of entrepreneurship. So let's dive into the first section. Um, Number one, I'm just going to read a small excerpt from this uh, paragraph. One of the most challenging, one of the most common challenges experienced by any entrepreneur is the issue of finances. More seasoned and older entrepreneurs have the benefit of building an impressive credit history, which makes it easier for them to get loans and investors. A newbie or a younger entrepreneur cannot brag about having all of these resources because it takes time to build them. Because of your limited access to financial capital, you have fewer chances for mistakes to happen. Ensure that you have enough money set aside to help you through those tough times. Furthermore, don't expect to profit from your business immediately. It can take a minimum of 2 years before you see a profit. Growing a business as a young entrepreneur is totally possible, yet having an organized and tested strategy is very important in order to kick off on a positive note. So, what would you like to add to that as it relates to not having you a investor I was talking about with
1: CB and Capital? Um, it uh-huh. is it's very true because uh Two things, like you said, young entrepreneurs don't have that uh, that that you know these years of built up savings or built up equity in a home or, or whatever it may be, to where they can they can leverage it to, to start that business, right? And the other part about it is entrepreneurship, because like you said, 95 or so percent failure rate, is viewed as a very risky investment from a banking standpoint. So it's incredibly difficult to get a bank to to want to take take a chance on you, right? And, and mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, really, the nice thing about the way things are now from the standpoint of technology, in this example, the internet, is in many ways it has completely changed the game for entrepreneurship from a startup perspective. Uh, it doesn't take near as much money to start up a business online as it did 40 years ago when, when you know, more than likely it was going to be a brick and mortar location somewhere. And, you know, you, you had to not only pay rent, but you had to lock, like, lock, lock in for a long term, right? And you were now obligated financially, uh, for that or whatever, or whether it was built or whatever the situation may be, right? So now the, mm-hmm. the downside about, uh, how easy it is to start up nowadays is there's a lot of competition out there, right? Because the, 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 the barrier of entry is lower. But, um, you know, as far as the capital part, the, one of the mistakes I made as a young entrepreneur is everybody will tell you everything that you need. And not only do you need it, but you need it right now. And not only is it right now, but it's usually expensive. <laughs> and, right. And and, and, and and it will be the key to your success. It's, it's always that way. And um, the reality is it's bullshit, right? Like 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 what, what really the goal of entrepreneurship in many ways is yes, to change the world. But early on in the beginning is, it's to survive. It's to pay your bills and survive and do whatever you need to do to make sure that you are open tomorrow to, stay, to serve your people. And in many ways, that is being disciplined when it comes to making decisions and saying no and saying, you know what, I don't need to pay for this now. I can do this, which may be 50 to 60% as good, but I can afford it and it's going to make sure I'm open tomorrow versus getting me in debt, you know, putting it on a credit card, high interest, hoping it works out because you never know how good a service, how good a service provider is going to be until you work with them, hoping it works out and then, you know, being obligated to pay it later. Um, and so like that to me is, It requires patience. It requires discipline, and it requires realism. And so much of that is not what you see on the internet, um, whether whether it's Facebook or Instagram or whatever's out there, as far as like the glamour of entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship entrepreneurship is amazing and glamorous once you make it. It's a struggle and not glamorous at all in the beginning. Um, Doesn't mean it's not worth it, but I think it's you know a realistic picture of what it is like to start that I wish more of us were actually told right
0: right so that's kind of my additional yeah no i think those are excellent points and similar to industries in the art and more creative industries you know to the person looking on oh i want to be a singer i want to be a fashion designer i want to be an actor or actress they see the red carpets, they see the fashion shows, you know, they see the uh-huh. award shows, and this is all that they imagine that life to be like. But yeah. having acted and have done live theater, the majority of your time is spending learning your lines, rehearsing, mm-hmm. practicing, mm-hmm. waiting hours for your turn, you know, and there's a lot more work. 98% is what they say is, is the slapping part, and 2% is the yeah. grammar part. And so yeah. you want to make sure you know, why you're doing it is is in check. But then you also said surviving, surviving for the next day. If you are believing, truly believe that you're bringing value into the world, and this is not just a money game for you and why you are getting into entrepreneurship, but you truly believe you're delivering something that's going to help someone in some way, it's so important that you can survive. So that product or that information or that service can get to the intended audience that you had in mind to be helped. And so Mm -hmm. understanding your numbers and not being afraid of the word finance or money or credit or investing Mm -hmm. is a big part of it. And so if you're choosing to get into entrepreneurship or if you're in the early stages of entrepreneurship and still trying to figure it out, definitely do a personal check on how do I feel about money? Mm -hmm. Am I really strong with it? Do I need to tap into a resource that's stronger than me? Do I need a coach? Do I need, you know, a bookkeeper, whatever it is. And then if I know that I have these goals, you know, we talked about vision at the beginning of the show, Mm -hmm. having a vision, knowing where you want to go. And if we're talking about this, don't be in such a rush. You know, sometimes, You may need that time to set yourself up with the right knowledge or, you know, um, credit track record if you're going to self-finance this, you know, or building a network. So you have people you can go to when you're ready to get funding, if you're going an angel route or a PC route. And so believe in that idea, understand the vision, you know, give yourself a realistic timeline to reach that vision. But as Ryan said, try to serve, not even try. Let's get rid of that word. Survive. Yeah, survive. Okay. Make decisions like, to survive. Is, yeah. Survive and make those hard mm-hmm. decisions along the way to go lean and until so you can stay alive. So I remember um, shortly after I, I I graduated from fashion design school, I was called to give consulting advice, branding advice to this tech startup, and the startup then went to. Um, Like I think within six months after I met the founder, he was able to get angel investor of a million dollars, and he wanted to bring me on as one of the key executives in the startup. Well, for personal reasons, I decided not to join the startup, but I did uh, refer a good friend to take the position that he had offered me. Anyway, to fast forward, here he is, $1,000. He has a superstar team, Ivy Leaguers, you know, everyone was pumps. He did his research. He knew the market. He had a test product and he had a million dollars in his pocket. Mm-hmm. Well, before the end of the year, <laughs> I think he grew to about, I don't know, maybe 40 or 50 employees. Um, by the end of the year, he was down yeah. to eight employees. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And no money left in a coffers. Yeah. And he had to go lean in order to survive. Within yeah. 10 years, or it may have been less than 10 years, maybe it was about um, five to seven years after launch, he went public uh, as a billion-dollar company. And so he could have easily crashed and burned, Mm -hmm. but he said, no, this isn't working, whatever we're doing. Because even if you get the funding, you know what? Those plans may not work. And so it's so important to know when to pivot, how to stay lean. And if you truly believe, like I said, that you're delivering value to your to this intended audience, then that survival is so important. That intention to survive is so important.
1: Well, I mean, another example of that is um, actually Slack. Slack did not start out as a communication communication platform for businesses. Um, What the hell was it? I can't remember what their original concept was, but Mm -hmm. it was nothing like what it is now. And, you know, uh, the reason they were allowed to essentially survive, because they, they had, they had venture capital, was the uh, venture capital people believed in the team, not the idea per se. And it allowed the entrepreneurs, the entrepreneurs to have time to pivot to what they're doing now. The point is not that, because not everybody has venture capital, but the point is more toward like you're talking about pivoting, right? Um, you know, being married to a, a particular idea, is in many ways bad. Being married to being an entrepreneur and believing in yourself is amazing. But I mean, mm. I've pivoted three different times trying to figure out what the hell I want to do as a business person. I started out, you know, something completely, I, I want to do online shipping, right? Like let's do something, stay home, be lazy, you know, whatever. Which went to, which went to fixing and flipping, which went to coaching, which is what I do now, right? So um, you know, I, there's nothing wrong with, with changing your mind and pivoting, right? It, 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 there, there, it is all about believing in yourself and then really doing it for the right reason, which is providing value for the customer, right? As long as you kind of have those two things uh, always in mind, you'll be able to, you'll typically be able, you know, given enough time, because there's also, you know, Financial and family restraints, which sometimes cause people to have to go get jobs, right? But if given enough time, you'll be able to, 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 to really you not only find yourself, but find yourself within your market.
0: That's right. That's right. You know, I, speaking of that, that I think is a good lead in to one of the other components of why why this marathon um, is a climb <laughs> upwards. Yeah. And, and sometimes it feels like you're tackling this mountain. Um, that comment just made me want to jump to loneliness. that was one of the seven points that I brought up because I think it's yeah. something that's not about enough as it relates to entrepreneurship. Yep. Yep. And it is something that is very real and can easily be the main reason why you step away. So let me just read... Yep. What I have in the book, in the process of building your business, it can be difficult to keep up with social events and opportunities. As a new entrepreneur, you may not have colleagues to visit with and your loved ones may not really understand the entrepreneurial route you have taken. With the demands of your schedule, it can also be difficult to get out and meet new individuals or keep up with your current relationships. Fortunately, there are other young business visionaries out there who are in a similar situation. In the end, there is a powerful effect of being surrounded by people who will constantly encourage you. Rather than tear you down, putting your energy on the positive people in your life makes it a lot simpler to develop the business of your dreams. So the loneliness factor is real. I started my business with two young children, and most young moms weren't you know producing fashion shows and meeting with investors yeah. and doing casting calls for models and going into the garment district to find new fabric. And so I I didn't have the traditional play days with my kids when they were younger. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. so I didn't we had just moved to a new town. I didn't really know anyone. Most of the families in um our neighborhood were were families that had been there for 30 plus years and so there weren't a lot of young adults or young parents in our neighborhood. So it was mm-hmm. definitely a a lonely journey early on and you don't it's, I, I, fashion can be a very competitive industry. So, you know, as a young business entering a competitive industry, there's not going to be a lot of fashion designers reaching their arms out to say, Hey, this is how I did it. This is how you can do it too. And Mm -hmm. that could be enough for some people to just give up, but there are answers out there. There are other entrepreneurs like yourself. They could be in your industry, but maybe instead of, let's say in my situation, I'm connecting with a fashion, another fashion designer, may, maybe I'm connecting with a photographer, a fashion photographer. You know, we both share the same loves and there's still challenges to to the journey that we both can share and support each other um, with. And so maybe it's within that industry, but a non-competitive um, category in that industry in terms of where you can find peers and colleagues to connect with. And then there's also mentors. And coaches, you know, that can also offer a tremendous amount of support. I didn't have my first mentor until, oh, goodness, I don't know, seven years. (laughs) I don't know, like Mm -hmm. seven, eight years after I started uh, my business. But it made such a difference. Like, he was my champion. He was my cheerleader. I felt like I could do anything. And so sometimes it's just one individual that you need in your life. You know yeah. what are your thoughts, Ryan? What would you like to say?
1: Two points, one of them is um especially as an entrepreneur, you can be incredibly lonely even though you're surrounded by a bunch of people, whether it's family or whether mm. it's coworkers because um in many ways it is a a a, a, a entrepreneurship is so different, especially early on than being an employee or being part of, uh, of like a corporate America right. Because mm-hmm. it's just a different journey. And if you're not – if you don't have someone who is on is on that similar path or was on that similar path oh. uh, and can really truly understand on an emotional level what you're going through, uh, that's very lonely, right? Even though you may have a supportive family and they're there to back you, uh, they may not mm-hmm. really understand what you're going through and therefore may not be able to really have the conversations that need to be had, not only so maybe you can pivot – but, you know, th- so you can really, truly work with the emotions, the emotional up and down, the emotional, you know, draining events that, that come along with the entrepreneurship journey, right? And so um, that that's one thing, right? You can, you can be super lonely even though you're within a crowd of supportive people, Uh if they're that's not right. the right people, right? Because, um, I mean, it's funny. I, I mean, I... I I'm lucky from the standpoint like I have a supportive family, but I I, it's weird. Even though my dad owned the business, he hasn't been, you know, he hasn't related as well to what I'm doing on the entrepreneurship side of it. So I've kind of I've experienced it fully, but I've kind of you know been on the outskirts of that loneliness, even though I you know I'm within a very supportive group. So uh, Mm -hmm. that's one of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second one was the second point was a good point. Uh, Sorry. I don't remember now. Um, but, <laughs> but it, it, but the, it, mostly that I, I want to add is that like you can be, you know, lonely within, within a crowd if you can't find the right person. Oh, I don't know what. It was. Um, finding someone, you know, that's of like mind, like, again, I, one of my, I guess he was kind of a mentor, but more than anything, he was an entrepreneurial friend, right? Was in a completely different mm-hmm. industry than I was in. And, um, but yet it was still kind of a mentor and it was very supportive because, even though the specific examples that we went through as far as like struggles and successes were completely different, the, mm-hmm. the fundamentals of business were the same and the, the fundamental emotional reactions to ups and downs were the same. So mm-hmm. even though it, it was someone who was in the same industry, it was someone who's on the same, you know, journey of life. And that I found to be really, really helpful as well. Cause you no, know, he was the same way like you, you were discussing. Not only was a mentor, but but he was a cheerleader, right? He believed me, and he and he gave he gave me different advice. So it it doesn't even have to be even close to the same industry uh, to be someone to confide in. It really just needs to be someone who's on the same journey, the same path as you are, because um, you know emotions are emotions. It doesn't really matter why they were invoked. It just matters that you know they're the same and they can understand what you're going through.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm going to use this opportunity to uh, share a few words about our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by the Pink Kangaroo Network. Um, The Pink Kangaroo Network are for individuals that are on a journey of growth. If you are looking to be inspired both in your personal life and or find abundance in your business life, then definitely check out the Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network. Some of the shows that you will fall in love with are, of course, Unleash Your Supernova, as well as Tuesday's Book Club. We also have My Cryptocurrency Chronicles, Bringing Intimacy Back, and Trending Diaries, just to name a few. So definitely go and check out Pink Kangaroo, and that's Kangaroo with a U. It is a home for wild thinkers. So, Ryan, we were just talking about loneliness and as one of the obstacles of um, entrepreneurship that can lead to someone stepping off that path and journey. Yeah. And something that's not always talked about with what I'm really interested in diving into with you is criticism. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to read what I have here in the book. Um, people don't always have faith in anyone that wants to start their own business until they are successful. Sometimes yeah. it's hard not to take the negative feedback personally. But always take time to separate good criticism from the bad. Don't squander your time focusing on the negative comments. So let's talk about that a bit. Because that uh, is real. It's so damn easy to <laughs> say. It's
1: so easy to say and so hard. Like, like, how do you figure out what's legitimate criticism? You know, I mean, it, some of them are obvious from the standpoint of like, you know, we got a bunch of people on Twitter who don't know anything from anything. They may be a bot. You know, that, that kind of criticism is obvious to ignore, right? But let, let's say it's a family member. Let's say it's a coworker. Let, let's say it is a mentor. Let, let's say it, you know, it could be a customer. Like, like how do you really figure out what's legit and what's not, right? I mean, because it was like, you know, believe in yourself and, 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 you know, stay on your path, but that doesn't mean that sometimes the criticism that you're hearing isn't legitimate, right? But that also doesn't mean sometimes <laughs> the criticism you're hearing isn't someone who's just in a bad mood today. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not right. easy to, to determine good versus bad criticism. Like there's no like bright line rule of thumb. At least, at least in my experience there's not. I mean, in many ways it starts with, you know, finding people that you trust their opinion. Uh but that I think that it no, takes time. It takes that takes a you know a lot of um not only self introspection to figure out, you know, whether or not you value that person's opinion, but that, that takes uh really going through examples of criticism to figure out whether or not that person was right. Like, it, it, you know what I'm saying? That takes time. So um,
0: well, I'm going to jump in to, to say, you it out. Mm-hmm. yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to say my thought on that is you can tell the difference between good and bad. And because one, it's obvious in terms of the intention of whoever's speaking with you, that's one way mm-hmm. to decide. Also, you know, you, you're going to have individuals that want to talk you out of doing something because they're not doing it too, right? Like they didn't have. Agreed, but those are all these
1: examples, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, you know. So I think I do think you can sift through the obvious good and obvious bad criticism. I think yeah. any criticism Agreed. we get is hard to take because it's a form we most of the time we take it as a form of judgment. And yeah. if you're if you have a coach or you have a mentor. Um, you have a colleague or a friend that really cares about you, if they truly care about you and the success of your business and you're doing something that they know is gonna take your business sideways, they're gonna let you know. And it may not always mm-hmm. be tactful. And mm-hmm. and that criticism shouldn't sway you from moving forward. Likewise, if an individual, you know, is I mean, I had the I have plenty of experiences where people oh you you don't have experience in that. What are you doing? Or you don't have enough money to do that. What are you thinking? You know, I mean, you're Uh going to have those individuals. And you know what? Let that fuel your fire. Okay? Oh, I agree. Just say, watch me. Watch me do it. (laughs) You know, I love those people that say, oh, no, you can't do that. I'm like, oh, really? Watch me. So I, I feel that we are sensitive. Most of us, I would say, are sensitive to criticism. Who likes being told You know, something that's not positive, but the key is uh you cannot let that sway you or deter you if you're doing this for the right reason. Like don't step off the journey of entrepreneurship because someone said you didn't deserve to be there or you didn't know enough about it or you're not old enough or you don't have enough money. You know, no, like that's what I want you to get from this is making sure that one, you know your why. You're doing it for, uh, you know, um, a reason that's bigger than you. And know you're going to be criticized, especially if you're doing something new. No one has, no one's done it in the way you've done it or the way you're doing it right now. So people are going to judge. That's just the way it is. Know that going in and you brush it off. You take in the advice that feels right and you brush off everything else.
1: Yeah, you know, two things. A you're talking about negative feedback being judgment. And the reality is positive feedback is just as much judgment as negative feedback. So people need to embrace that. People judge. And I think once you acknowledge that, it just makes life easier. Because um, positive feedback is just as much as judgment as negative feedback is. Because, you know, by definition, judging judgment is judgment, right? But um, the other thing you're saying is, yeah, I think we're kind of defining um, negative feedback. different ways. I think you were kind of going broader. And I agree with you. But I, I guess I was kind of going negative. Cause, or Kind of more granular because like, you know, if you put out an article, right, you know, people are going to give you feedback on it. In many ways, that's an opinion, right? And and so, uh, I I was looking at it that way versus, you know, you're looking at it more macro from the standpoint of like, you're starting something new. Mm -hmm. You know, and I agree with that or, 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 you know, doing it for the right reason. Those definitely, um, those type of criticisms do come out of usually those people's fear, those people's inadequacies those people's jealousies and i completely agree with that kind of stuff um that, that kind of stuff needs to be ignored and, and dealt with and and either used as fuel for fire or just you know ignored as nonsense and, and background white noise but I, I was looking more like you know when it comes to work product and, and when it comes to that being evaluated sometimes that criticism is legitimate and, and figuring out when that criticism is legitimate versus um, you know, noise, that's when it becomes more difficult. And so, uh, that's kind of where I went with the question, uh, because, you know, it, not only is it something I've struggled with, I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with. Um, especially when it's, you know, your baby and you're attached to it and, and you hear something negative, you're immediately going to have that emotional reaction because, you know, it is your baby. It is tight. And then how do you step back? How do you remove that emotion to then step back and look at it logically and go, you know what? There's a valid point to that. Or, you know what? That's total nonsense. You know, that was more where I was going with that question.
0: Mm, Yeah, no, no, I I get you. I do feel that on a micro level, it does become more fuzzy. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, it definitely becomes more fuzzy. And, And I just feel that the takeaway should be when you're creating something new, be ready to be judged. And be okay with that. Believe in what you're doing. Surround yourself with positive people, people that also know what they're doing (laughs) that help to keep you
1: guided. Like like that's reality. It goes back to pivoting. you know, sometimes your your what you think is the right path is wrong, and and you need people who are not going to be of of fans and tell you, "Oh, great job!" Always like you do need sometimes that. Rational voice I, of experience is like, oh, this isn't going to work for these five reasons, you know. Um, that's right. So.
0: No, I agree. I think that's where the, yeah. the mentors come in. That's where the coaches come in, and individuals that have your back. So when they are providing those, you know, that negative feedback, you're not taking it personal. You're not, you know, like, oh, I can't do this because no, you, you know, it's it's a problem to solve. That's it. It's just a problem to solve. So let's—I know we are getting close to time, and I do want to take some questions um, from our listeners. I do want to have a chance to go over at least a couple. And this question is directed to you, Ryan. How did you make your first sale?
1: Oh, it's it's an ironic question because um, sales is my weakest—you know—thing as an entrepreneur. And how did I make my first sale? The idea is I went through a bunch of calls and made a bunch of mistakes and you know and a lot of it was because uh I was listening to people and this is what you should do that was not authentic to me and if it's not authentic to you know, in this example me, but anybody, it's really hard to believe in the messaging, the product, the service, whatever the situation may be. And if you don't believe in it, no one's gonna believe in it. And so um, I had to ignore what I had been told, then step back and figure figure out what really is authentic to me. What message do I want to convey? Who do I want to be as a business person? What kind of value do I want to convey? And then how do I, you know, convey that uh over, you know, in a sales call. And and mm-hmm. so that's really that that's what made the and it's hard to do because it's kind of like I mentioned earlier. Everybody's going to tell you, oh, this is how you do it. It's like, follow this script. It made me a million dollars in sales. A, you don't know if it made a million dollars in sales. And B, if it's authentic to them, it's more than likely not going to be authentic to you. So it probably won't make you a million dollars in sales. Uh, scripts, scripts are great, but they need to be your scripts. And that takes practice. <laughs> that takes going through the fire and figuring out your mistakes and figuring out what works, figuring out why it works, and then being able to reproduce it. So that's how I made my first sale.
0: Awesome. That was very interesting. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, no, this, next, no. this next question is for me and it's how did you come up with the name for your company? And so this is a, a trick question because obviously, you know, I have a, <laughs> a few brands, mm-hmm. um, but I will focus on Rain Magazine and that was the, my second big project, Nova Lorraine, which has my name, um, is my fashion company, but rain magazine is about growth. Like if there's, there's two, it's a double meaning to rain. It's about growth. It's about inspiration. You know, you, when you think of what the rain does to the earth and the nourishment it provides, the plants and people. And so I wanted to bring that concept into the magazine I wanted the content to nourish the readers to inspire the readers to help the readers grow and I felt rain was the perfect word for that also if you take my uh, my name Lorraine second half of my name and you cut it down the middle kind of down the middle you get rain <laughs> mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it, it was just it was just perfect it's um, I, I like to create things that have more than one meaning where the story is layered. And I yeah. feel that that's how we are as individuals and people. We're not just a single layer. We're multidimensional. We we have, you know, richness to our stories. And I, I like to convey that in the name that I come up with. And Pink Kangaroo is another that stands out um, as a name for me with brand and When you think of a kangaroo, the last thing you're going to think of, a kangaroo with color. So that already tells you that it's something out of the box, unique. And when you think of this animal, it's a very unique animal, you know, unless you live in Australia. And most of us have never seen a kangaroo in our life or may not see one in our lifetime in person, like up front and close and personal. And so it just represents the individual that is unique and it's okay to be unique and celebrate that uniqueness, celebrate that rarity, mm-hmm. celebrate your thinking and the fact that it is different than most. And in terms of the animal, it hops forward. It also has a pouch where it keeps its young, um, close by and, and, you know, it cradles and nurtures its young. And so I feel our host. Are doing that with their listeners. They're providing that nourishment for their listeners and they're taking those leaps forward in terms of the topics they're covering and the mission that they're on. So there's just a lot of meaning that goes behind Pink Kangaroo. And then of course you can't spell it the way everyone else spells it. You got to spell it with a U. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So, because it's all about you, right?
0: <laughs> no. So, um, those are two names that, uh, that I like to share. Before um, we next get there,
1: I, I want to bring up something that I thought was really yeah. powerful when it came to rain. Um, you mentioned uh, multi-layer and basically dynamic, right? And that's one mm-hmm. thing that I think corporate America, I think, fails at that entrepreneurs don't. Is corporate America, you know, and I mean whitewash in this example as far as like make everyone act like they're white, but kind of whitewash from the standpoint of like make people act. Uh, in one way, right? And, 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 and with, with a very narrow definition of professional. And I remember when I was, um, you know, working in corporate America, I, I'm, I'm professional by nature, but having to act that way, like, like the way, like their definition of professional, in many ways, uh, stifled my creativity because I had to stifle my personality. Um, cause I was, you know, in the accounting department, and I'm just too wild and crazy for the county department. And, um, and and so, you know, I I be people are dynamic. People are multi-layered. People do have more interest, you know, and and they do more things than than what they do as a job. And I think if 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 they were allowed to embrace that and express that in more ways, I think it would help corporations a lot. Not only from a a a employee happiness standpoint, but I think that creativity could inspire. Incredible, uh, shifts, pivot, uh, just different ideas within product services, offerings that not only would benefit the corporation, but I think it would benefit the consumer as well. So anyway, just something I thought needed to be highlighted.
0: Yeah, no, thank you, thank you. I think that's very true, and thanks for sharing that. And we, this, this could be a quicker, um, response for both of us. This is directed towards the both of us. And it's, what activities would you recommend entrepreneurs invest their time in? So I'll let you go first and then I'll, then I'll answer. Um, uh,
1: learning. I'm always about learning, whether it's, uh, reading, podcasts, or just conversations with people who are, uh, you know, in the same industry that you are. Learning is always one of them. Exercise is another one. It not only helps with, you know, your, your physical and gives you energy and but it helps a lot. To me, it helps a lot of mental clarity, and it helps relieve a tremendous amount of stress that comes from being an entrepreneur. And the other one is is have interest outside of your work. Like I, like it's it's, crazy. it's amazing how much just stepping away, allowing your brain to think about something other than you know your work, which you're currently focused on, not only allows it to to heal and, and um you know recover, but that's when those moments of creativity and inspiration come. It's when the brain is kind of like, you know, so consciously working on the problem, but you're actively engaged in something else. So those are the three things I would recommend.
0: I echo everything that you just said. Um, so what happens when you let me go
1: first? You can't have any original idea.
0: <laughs> no, I got something for you. I got something for you. Okay, um, okay. I'm okay. going to I'm going answer. Do this in your different. pajamas? Is that your recommendation? <laughs> no, I'm going to answer it a little differently. I would say instead of specifically saying three items, one of the sayings that I've been holding very close to me um, for this past year is do more of what you love with who you love. And there are many things that we tolerate. There are many things that we like. And there are probably fewer things that we could say we love. And yeah. so if we just created a short list of the things that you love to do, if you love to run, if you love to read, if you love to podcast, And then think of those individuals you enjoy doing those things with and do more of those things together because entrepreneurship is a journey. There's always a new goal that you're going to want to achieve as an entrepreneur because you're inherently a creator. And if every day of that journey is filled with joy, with experiences you're creating with individuals you care about and you're doing things that you really love, then Every day is like winning the lotto. Every day is an amazing day, you know. And not saying that you're not going to have those highs and lows, we all do, but it makes the journey, it makes the marathon so much easier. And so, as we were saying, it's about surviving entrepreneurship because there are many things that can, you know, take you off track. And if you're doing more of of what you love with who you love, you're going to have much more in the well. You know, of what I call the well of inspiration, the well of creativity, the well of well-being, the well of ideas, the well of abundance. You're going to have much more to tap into. So that's my advice for that.
1: Yeah. No, I love it. I do. Um, cause so why are we doing this if we're not doing it with people we love and, and, and with, 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 you know, and what we love, right? It makes it makes, Absolutely. It makes no sense.
0: Absolutely. So we are at the close of our show again. I can't believe it always goes by so fast. I don't think I I gave you enough jabs this week, though, Ryan. So I'm gonna have to save some more jabs for you next week. That's because we were (laughs) serious and trying to convey like really powerful,
1: impactful information. Oh
0: man, no, I appreciate you. You should go after your
1: spirit creature, your 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 spirit, your kangaroo, right? Like they 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 used to box and they kick like hell. So
0: um, that is your inspiration for next week's show. There you go. There you go. Uh, I want to thank you, Ryan. I want to thank our listeners, for tuning in for another episode of Unleash Your Supernova Live. If you missed the show on BBS Radio, just check us out on our podcast, Unleash Your Supernova. You can find it on UnleashYourSupernova.com, on the Evergreen Podcast Network, and of course, on the Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network. It's always a pleasure sharing with you tips, wisdom, and words of advice on how to increase your creativity, beat burnout, and continue to tap into that limitless potential so continue unleashing your supernova until next time and thank you to my partner in crime Ryan Ryan Esquire and remember that's Ryan with an o r y o n take care guys have a have a good week
1: everybody